So today I just want to, uh, we're just going to do a short teaching. We have four graduations today. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a record-setting day. So we've never done this before. It's a record-setting day. Right, I've, had, I've had all kinds of records this weekend. We had snow on May 9th. I mean, that never happens. Uh, and not only do we have four graduations today, here's, here's a record. I did my wife's hair yesterday. I, I actually applied the color. Kristen said, can you see the gray? I was like, how can I not see that gray? I said, well, yeah, give me that. So I, I pasted and, and like put all that stuff in there. I even sent pictures to Lauren Lovin and said, I'm taking your job. And uh, she said, uh, yeah, have it. You can have it. But, so a lot of firsts, a lot of firsts. I want to talk today just a few minutes um, about a passage in Galatians chapter 1. Verses 13 through 24, we're not, uh, we'll read it, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on every verse. But the title of my message today is called Reputation Management. Reputation Management. I think it's appropriate because especially when we, we graduate and we come out of a certain lifestyle and into our new life in Christ, we always sit in the back of our mind, the devil wants to bring up our past life, our reputation. And, you know, companies spend millions of dollars a year to, to affect their reputation online. It's a big deal now. It's a big deal with social media. It's a big deal online. Uh, and, and people are always worried about reputation management. Reputation management basically is the effort one takes to influence what people think about them or a company. So it's the effort that somebody takes to influence what people think about you. And I, wanted to, I just want to, I want to cut to the chase, and I just want to tell you that the number one way to manage your reputation is to do the thing that God's called you to do, to do the thing that God has created you to do will be the number one way that you can manage your reputation. We're going to look at a story real quick about the Apostle Paul, and if anybody in the New Testament really in the entire Bible, had a bad reputation, it was the Apostle Paul. Matter of fact, we'll see at the very beginning uh, of this passage, he's going to say, I know that you've heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how that I persecuted the church and tried to destroy it. So his, his former, his reputation was one that persecuted the church, and he even tried to destroy the church. At the end of the passage, you're going to hear him say, and I now know that you're hearing that the one that formerly persecuted us now preaches the very faith that he tried to destroy. So Paul goes from having a reputation of one that persecuted and tried to destroy the church to as he begins to walk in what God has purposed him to do, he now has the reputation of one that now preaches the very thing that he once tried to destroy. So it's a great thing. And what God did, I just want to look at three things really quick today. Three things that God did for Paul that he'll do for you too. And if you just follow and really latch on to these three things, it will help you tremendously in, in, in changing and shaping the way people look at you and what God has called you to do. So let's, let's open your Bibles if you have them. Galatians chapter 1, we're going to read verses 13 through 24. And then I just want to make a couple thoughts or give a couple thoughts about verses uh, really 15 and 16. 
It says, verse 13 says, For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism. Now, just take a pause right there, and you could literally draw a blank line under that. And, and, and just insert whatever you would. You have heard of my former conduct in partying. You have heard of my former conduct in carousing. You've heard of my former conduct in stealing, doing drugs, whatever it is. You've heard of my former conduct in Judaism, Paul says, and how that I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I was advanced in Judaism, in carousing, in partying. So he says, hey, not only did I do it, I was good at it. And I know there's some of you today that that you had a, a reputation that wasn't good, but you were good at it. And you really, you, you, you partied hard. And you were proud of how hard you partied. Right? You were, you were good at it. That's right. We're turning it up for Jesus now. But, but there was a day when you were advanced in and you were really good at that bad thing that you used to do. And Paul said, I was advanced in Judaism beyond many of my counter, contemporaries. Hey, I was better than, than everybody else at what I did. I owned it. I did really good at it. In my own nation, being exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. So not only was he good at it, he was passionate about it. And a lot of us have these things in our life that, that, that we're not proud of now, but when we were in them, we were good at them. And, and, and we really, we were passionate about what we did then. And Paul had the same thing. He was passionate about about the, the Judaism, or being a Jew, or, or the, uh, knowing the law like he grew up in. He, he, was, a, he was a phenomenal uh, doctor of the law, and he followed it to the, the nth degree. So much so that he took the passion that God placed in him and misdirected it and actually used it to persecute the church. But, I, I like but, but when, God, when it pleased God, and three things, we're gonna, I got them in yellow, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me through His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him fifteen days, but I saw none other than the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Next slide. Now, concerning the things which I write to you, indeed before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But here's, here's where he brings it back. But they were hearing only. So at one time, they heard about his former conduct, but now once he begins to walk in the thing that God calls him to do, they were hearing only. He who formerly persecuted us, now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. All right, three things that Paul said that God did that took him from a bad reputation to a good reputation. It said, he said that, that God separated me from my mother's womb. Appropriate on Mother's Day. He separated me from my mother's womb. Now that doesn't mean that God delivered him out of his mother. That's not what that means. That word separated from his mother's womb. The word separated means, let's go to the next slide. It means to mark off the boundaries of something or set limits 
to mark off boundaries or set limits. And in, by, by interpretation, it means to appoint or set apart for some purpose. So think about it like this, that God set boundaries and limits around Paul's life before he was ever born. That God drew this line, if you will, and made, I, I like to think of it like a sandbox. God made this sandbox and said, 30 years from now, when the Apostle Paul gets saved, I have a purpose that I'm drawing out for him to live in. And I am designing him and separating him for a particular purpose. And a lot of times we think, well, I've done so many bad things, I don't qualify to be set apart for anything. The good news is God separated you and appointed you before you were even born. So before you had a chance to mess up your life, before you had a chance to, to go live in the world, before you had a chance to do all the things that you're not proud of or that maybe formed this bad reputation, God established and set boundaries for you. And, and not in a bad way, but just said, hey, this is the platform I've designed you for. Now for Paul, his call was to be a missionary around the world. Your call might be to be a nurse. Or, or your, your appointment might be to be a nurse. Your appointment might be to be a teacher. It might be to be a pastor. It could be to be a mother. Whatever it is, God has a certain platform that he has designed for you. I love this verse in Psalm chapter 139, verse 16. The Passion Translation says this. It said, go to the next slide, it says, You saw who you created me to be before I became me. That God looks beyond where you lived and what you did and the things you got involved in. It says that you saw who you created me to be before I became me. And that's how God looks at you. He doesn't look at what you're in, what you're stuck in, the things you did. He looks at you the way he created you to be before you ever got there. The second thing Paul says is not only did he separate me, not only did he design and, and draw the, this area for which he wanted me to live in. See, just because God has a plan and a purpose for your life doesn't mean that you're going to end up there. You have to choose to walk in that which God called you to be in. And he says that God not only separated me and appointed me, but God called me by grace. Next slide. God called him by grace. So the great thing about grace, it's undeserved. It's unmerited. It's unearned favor of God. And, and so think of it like this, that you're born way back when, but God has this plan for you out here in eternity future. And he says, I've designed you to do X, Y, and Z right here. And now God says, I'm calling you, I'm summoning you to come and live and do the thing that I've called you to do. And I'm doing it by grace. I'm not doing it because you did. Here's the great thing about grace. Paul, in that he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, all the good that he did didn't qualify him for the job called him, God called him to do. Nor did all the bad he did disqualify him. See, it wasn't about Paul's good behavior, and it wasn't about Paul's bad behavior. God called him into his place in life by grace. So the thing that I want you to see, next slide, is this. 
2 Timothy 1.9 says that God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, good or bad. It's never based on what you do, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. Look at that. Before time began. God set you apart, and God called you before you even came to be in this world. And it's by grace. He calls you by grace. So, next slide. God doesn't call you based on your good behavior, and God doesn't uncall you based on your bad behavior. So, you can't screw it up. You didn't deserve it because you were so good, and you can't lose it because you were so bad. Romans 11.29 says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, which means that once God gives them, he doesn't take them back. So God has appointed you for a certain position in life, a certain platform. God's calling you by grace to come into that. And then the last thing that God said, or Paul says is that he revealed his son in me. He revealed his son in me. He says, Paul, I've got a place for you that I want you to be a preacher to the nations. And he says, he revealed his son in me so that I might preach to the Gentiles. So think of it like this. That if God's called you to be a nurse, all of us are called to share the gospel. If God's called me to be a nurse, that I might preach the gospel or share the good news with those at the hospital. If God's called me to be an educator, that I might share the good news with those that are in the education system. If God's called me to be a mom or a dad, to share the gospel with the ones that I'm raising. It's all for the purpose of that. And he says that he revealed his son in me. Now there's a little difference here because a lot of times we talk about knowing who you are in Christ. Right? We talk about identity, and that knowing who you are in Christ shapes your identity. But here's a little bit different. It says that he revealed Christ in me. And when I begin to realize that the creator of the universe, that the, the God that paid for all salvation for all man, chooses to live in me, it lets me see that I'm valuable. It lets me see that he loves me. But more than that, I like to think of it like this. When you understand or get a revelation of who you are in Christ, it shapes your identity. But when you get a revelation of who Christ is in you, it reveals your destiny. It reveals the thing that God's called you to do. It reveals your purpose in life. And all of a sudden, when you understand that God is in you, that God will never leave you, never forsake you, that God's empowering you and equipping you, to do the very thing he calls you into, all of a sudden you're like, ah, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. This is why God has designed me. This is why God formed me. And when you begin to operate, you begin to, to walk out God's plan and purpose for your life, all of a sudden people's opinion of you will change. Your reputation will be shifted. It'll happen naturally. You won't have to work at it. You won't have to do any effort. People will start to think differently about you. So I want to just close with this. I want you. To, I want to read how this this trans, the the Passion Translation. The last. Go to, let's go to the last slide. This is the end of Galatians one verse twenty three and twenty four. The Passion Translation. I love it. And we'll go ahead and call uh, Whitney. You're first. You're gonna. We're gonna call you up now. Go ahead and get ready. 
It says, the only thing they heard about me was this. Now here is Paul's new reputation. Our former enemy, who once brutally persecuted us, is now preaching the good news of the faith that he once obsessed, was obsessed with destroying. And here's what, I love this phrase. It says, because of the transformation that took place in my life, they praise God even more. And that's really, we're here to celebrate today, we're here to celebrate the transformation that took place in the life of these four individuals, that God has a plan, a purpose, different for each one, but that he, he indwells each one, he's changed each one, and, and he has just, a, just tremendous things in store for each one of them. So, uh, I just want to call up now Autumn Kiefer, our, our Women's Home Director. Whitney Page, come on up. Let's give him a little hand. And I'm going to turn, uh, I'm going to turn things over to Autumn. And I know you have a few things you want to say. And then we're going to, I'm just going to kind of let you know, each, each of our graduates will give a testimony. They're going to give just a, a, a little idea of what God's done in their life, how God has changed them and uh, what they've learned through being in our, uh, our Hope Home and just the, the new life they have in Christ. So, Whitney, congratulations, Autumn. It's all you. You need a microphone probably, right? All right. Thank you. Whitney, so I want to start with this verse for you, okay? It's Jeremiah 17, 7, Amplified Version. Blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in, relies on the Lord, and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. When I first met you a year ago in May, in Kentucky, you were scared, you were lost, you were broken, you had so many masks. In the last 10 months while you were here, going through the first phase part of the program, learning who you really are, learning what true, real grace is, you've taken those masks off. You have allowed God to soften your heart, fill you with his love, and let you know that you have been chosen, you have been called, and that you were loved more than you could ever imagine. It's my honor to give this certificate of completion to Whitney Page for successfully completing the Cumberland Women's Hope Home Program awarded this 10th day of May, 2020. We also have a rose. <laughs> And then you get, I am the one shirt. Because I am the one. You are the one. That's right. That. But then I want to leave you with this verse, and I want you to leave this deep in your heart. And I want you to walk in this, and I want you to remember this, okay? 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Remember, you have been chosen. You've been called out of darkness, and you have light shining bright through you because of Jesus. Don't ever forget that. Over at the home, I was telling him, I was like, I'm just going to say I was a hot mess, and God blessed it. The amen, the end. Um, and then, <laughs> I stand by that. I do stand by that. Um, but I was sitting back there, and, and Alyssa and I were talking, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say to you. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just not just say this. And I don't know. I'm not. 
But I was sitting back there, and uh, yesterday I was reading um, the story of Lazarus, and I got to the verse where it said Jesus wept. And in a lot of ways, I can identify with Lazarus. See, I, I, I knew God. I was a Christian. I was a follower of God. I was living it. I was walking it out. I was doing it. And a lot of things that happened in my past, I don't even want to talk about those things because to me they are dead. They are gone. It doesn't even matter anymore. But I was, I was, I was walking out and, and I was preaching the word and, and doing praise and worship and, and going to school and learning. And, and one day I just, I threw my hands up and I walked away from God. There were a lot of factors in it, but the thing of it is I had a choice. I made a choice. And there's that word again. I made a choice. I made a choice to tell God, I don't love you anymore. You're not good enough for me anymore. You've let me down too many times. And, and the truth is, he never let me down. People let me down. But I blamed him for the actions of people. And since I've been here, I've learned it's not his fault. He loves me unconditionally. He doesn't take it away. He chases me down with love. He overwhelms me with it. Even whenever I was living the way I was living, he pursued me with love. I was talking to a friend yesterday, and I told her, I said, I thought for sure I'd be dead before I was 35. I thought for sure I'd be dead at 35. I, I was terrified of life. I didn't really say anything to anybody about what I was doing or what was going on in my life. People knew, people suspected, but nobody really understood where I was because I was afraid to say anything. And um, I was telling a friend, I said, I thought I'd be dead by the time I was 35. And the funny thing is, I did die. I died. I was 35 years old in my mother and father's bathroom, and I overdosed. And I'm alive today, standing here at the age of 36, celebrating another year of life. But it's not just another year of life. I'm literally one year old. That's how I feel. I know that God never closed me out. And if there's anything I say about a testimony is that no matter how far I ran or how deep I dug the hole or how hard I fought against God, he was right there with me the whole time, loving me through it, waiting for me to turn around, waiting for me to call on him. And in the home, I learned um, that, that you can call out to God. And you can go to the basement and scream. You can go to the bathroom and cry. You can get on your knees by your bed late at night when everybody's asleep and whisper, and God hears it all the same. He's closer than breath. He is forever and always looking down on me, but he's not looking down on me in judgment. He looks down on me in love. And it took me a long time to learn that it's not law that I have to fall under. It's not what I can do to earn God's approval. It's what he's done to show me love so I can give love back to him because I can't do anything that he hasn't already done for me. That's what I've learned. So by his grace and by his mercy, I did it. And it's something I can say that I'm proud. I, I completed this program. It's not easy. It's not easy letting God dig out the junk and the muck. I can tell you all the things I was into, but I won't. All I'll say is for 20 years of my life, I struggled really hard with religion. And I wrestled 
really hard with addiction. But in the end, love finally won out. God finally won. Okay, the next one we have is Melissa Peterson. Melissa. <laughs> this, this is a big moment for you and your family that's watching, yes. but for all of us here. So there, there's two verses in this first one I want to read to you. It's Jonah 2.2. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. Jonah was in the fish's belly, stuck. And it reminded me of you. You were so stuck in your addiction. You were swallowed by your addiction. And you cried out for help over and over again. And God sent the right people in your pathway to bring you here, to bring you to him. And God brought you here. I've watched you struggle <laughs> with so many things. You were always bold, but you were bold in the wrong way. I've watched God soften you. Soften your tone, soften your heart, show you who you really are in Him and not in the world's view. You're a mom, you're a sister, you're a daughter, and you're a friend. And God's making you into whoever He wants you to be. And it's been amazing to watch. It's been my honor to be a part of that. And I'm grateful to be a part of your journey. So it's my honor to present this certificate of completion to Melissa Peterson for successfully completing the Cumberland Women's Hope Home Program awarded this 10th day of May, 2020. Thank you. We have that. A rose. Danka. <laughs> I am the one shirt because you are the one. Hey. <laughs> Listen, I need room over here because I'm a wonder, and I had to take notes because, you know, like, listen. So I want to leave you with this verse, and I want you to take this verse wherever you go, wherever God leads you to. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly Word. free. And Melissa, you stand here Word. truly free today. Yes. I'm proud of you, and I love you. I hear you back there. So, uh, oh, Lord. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone here, online. Oh, that's why I needed the, 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 yeah. Can I just be loud? Do I need this mic? Okay. Thank you. Freedom, that's exactly what came to mind when I was here worshiping, okay? Crazy that you picked that. <clears throat> so listen, I'm, I'm all thrown off because before I do anything, I always pray. So I, I have a need to pray before I do this. 
Oh, dear Lord. Dear God, thank you for all that you have done, that you're doing, and that you're going to do. Thank you for your blessings upon blessings upon blessings of your abundance, Lord. Thank you for the people that you've perfectly placed in my life and my family's life, Lord. That we may be in your image to touch as many souls as you see possible, Lord. That your will be done in all our affairs. Amen. Okay, so I'm bold and I'm brave and I'm going to speak where I came from, okay? Because it was crazy that, (laughs) of all places, I come five hours away from home. Um, Thank you to the Bledsoe's and DeFeo's for helping me get here. Thank you for the women that put up with me because, woo-wee, I know that I was not, um, I know I'm a tough cookie and I'm hard to handle at times, but you peel them layers. But you peel them layers, it's well worth it. You know, um, I was homeless. I was broken. I was a lady of the night. I was an addict for 37 years. Okay, um, I made those choices. Um, I still have a family that stands by me still to this day that God is restoring relationships that, that were long gone. Like I have family that had disowned me and by the grace of God, they now speak to me. They allow, allow me to see my children. They allow me to, 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 to um, talk to my children and that's all God. Um, so... I was abused, I was neglected, and I became the abuser. Don't get it twisted. Men can get abused just like women, okay? And, 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 we, and, and I abused not only physically but mentally and emotionally and psychologically. Like, our tongue is, is very powerful. We can use it for good or we can use it for, for evil. You know, and I, and I chose, I was, I was a hostage to evil for 37 years. You know, I was molested. Um, I've been cured of hep C because I've, of the situations that I put myself into, and, and, and I've been delivered of, of all of that. I used to be very judgmental. Um, I would murder people with my tongue because I would sit there and gossip about, about you, or I would tell you to your face truly what I thought about you. You know what I mean? So murdering is not just taking somebody else's life. Although I took my life into my hands numerous times and other people's lives into my hands thinking that I was God, you know? Um, I've suffered from depression for most of my life. Um, coming here, I had had enough. I literally was living on the ground at a city park, taking cat naps on the bench. Like, that's where drugs, that's where that life took me. <laughs> Staying in a bandos, okay? My, all my own I nevers came to pass. Well, at least I ain't doing this. No, before it was all over with, I was on my knees in an alleyway, getting what I wanted to get what I want, okay? Having a needle in my arm. I had Lyme disease back 20-some years ago, long before they knew anything about it, okay? I was one of the guinea pigs that's in the books of, of um, didn't, you know, who, what, when, where. What I'm getting at is it took me, when I was trying to, to rewrite my testimony, I was reminded by God that I died. I died some 20 years ago I, I, from Lyme disease. Like that's, that's 
legitly how much they did not know about it. I had to learn how to walk again. I was in, I died in my mama's living room in a hospital bed from Lyme disease because they knew nothing about it. I was in a wheelchair and here I walk, you know. Um, I'm having surgery for my torn meniscus that I put off for so long I created a sciatic problem because who's got time to go to the doctors or to the surgeon or, you know, I, I didn't make time for that. I didn't, I'm now responsible. I hold, God has blessed me with family that's not blood all around me. God has blessed me with, um, I have stayed for 10 months in the Hope Home. And boy, was there times where I was ready to blow this joint because living with 10 and 12 women is not the easiest at all. I was, a, I was used to being around brothers and cousins that are males, like, eh, yeah, this, this female thing, it ain't for me, okay? This is the hardest thing that I've ever done, but it's, 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 uh, it was, it's worth so much. This is the best thing I could have done for not only myself, but for my family and for the people that I reach, you know? Um, hold up, wait a minute, I ain't done yet. <laughs> I have a hunger for God. I'm, I'm, I, I'm at work and I'm speaking about God and speaking the truth about him. And, you know, um, not only have I been blessed with, with one job, he's blessed me with two jobs. And I can so freely speak um, to get the word out about God. And there's times where, like, I was first in my first week of, of work, and I feel this nudge, and I'm like, man, you just blessed me with this job. You're fixing to get me fired. Like, why? You know, the point being is I had God in a little box, like, oh, if you just help me with this, you know, yada, yada, yada. No, man, he's got a whole plethora that he wants for us. You know what I mean? Um, I've got blessed with a home at a fraction of the price, like, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be moving into my own apartment, going into back to life, back to reality, you know? But I got the armor of God with me this time, you know what I mean? I'm not going in there, you know, blinded. I'm not going, you know, and I have a support system that I know will always be there for me. I have family here that's not blood, but I know if I need them, they're here for me, period. Point blank. Um... I found out that my way, that, that God's ways are not my ways. See, we always get what we want, what we ask for, right? We, we believe to receive it, right? But it's not always how we intended it. Sorry, y'all, I'm having a brain fart, and I just want to make sure. Hurt people hurt people, okay? I don't know what he said, but it's all good. I'll take one for the team. Hurt people hurt people, and, you know, misery loves company. There, There is, um, we have hope, okay? We are worth it. We are beautiful um, warrior women queens. Like, we don't need to put up with anything less than what God has for us. We, he's been rerouting and rerouting and rerouting and rerouting, and the moral of the story is all we have to do is surrender. Like, for real. I tried doing things my way and crashing and burning and crashing and burning, and, you know, um, <laughs> what a, a, a weight lifted on just, like, 
boom, here it is, God. Take it all. Take it all. Thank you for refining me, taking out all that, that old rubbish. And I thank those that are online um, showing support to us because this means a lot to us. We love you, and God bless. And happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. So next is Alyssa Colodi. Alyssa, when you first came into the home, I was walking out of the church from a meeting. You were sitting on the front porch, scared, scared to death. You didn't know where you just came from. You just got out of detox. You left Jersey. You left your girls. You left everything that you knew behind to come get freedom, and you didn't know that at first. So this is the first verse I have for you. Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You went through a lot of trials here. You have a lot of trauma from your past. and You didn't know where God was, but the time that you spent here surrendering your life to him, he showed you where he was and how much he, just, he loves you and he's going to continue to love you. Your girls are watching at home today and they're proud of you. You're the mom that they need. You're the mom that God meant you to be. And restoration's taking place, and it's an honor to watch that, and I'm so grateful to be a part of that. So it's my honor to, to give you this certificate of completion given to Alyssa Clody for successfully completing the Cumberland Women's Hope Home Program awarded this 10th day of May, 2020. A rose from all of us. And also... I am the one shirt. And then I have one more verse I want to leave with you. I want you to leave this in your heart. You struggle with your past. You struggle with who you used to be, and I want you to know that you don't have to worry about that anymore. Jesus set you free. That old Alyssa is gone. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. You're new today. You're free today. Don't ever forget that. I love you. Okay, so I don't really know where to start. Um, I will say this, when I came into the home, I was angry. I was extremely angry. I was angry at myself. Um, I was angry at God, mainly. I was angry that um, it felt like I'd waited 10 years of my life for my father to come home, for him to be taken extremely short. Um, I'm not going to go too much into detail just because my family doesn't know a lot of the things. Um, I've been through probably anything you could think of, any type of abuse, sexual, physical, mental. Um, I watched my oldest brother struggle with addiction. I watched addiction take my other brother after two weeks after an attempted suicide. Um, I then watched it take my dad uh, that was the point where it just kind of all went downhill. Right before I came here, I lost everything. I lost my house. I lost my car. I lost my kids. I had to sign rights over to my kids. Um, I had just gotten my phone back this week, and I was going through the text messages in there, and my mother-in-law, 
I remember reading messages from her saying, I pray for you guys every day. I pray that something's going to change. Um, me sitting here is proof that he's there. Um, when we were told to pick a song, I chose the Another in the Fire. Because as I was here and as I prayed for him to reveal to me a lot of where he was at certain times when I thought I was alone, he began to do that. Um, so if you have the mindset like I did, like you were alone, ask him. He will show you. And you'll be surprised what you find out. Um, I've seen a lot of messages from my mom. She sent me pictures of her crying, um, just wanting things to change. Mom, happy Mother's Day. I'm here. I'm here to stay. I love you. Whitney and Melissa, I love you guys. I'm really glad that we get to walk this out together. Whitney, we've been through a lot, but I love you, and I'm glad that I'm here to sit with you. Um, I didn't think I was ever going to get to see my kids again. I didn't think I was ever going to get to talk to them again, sign my rights over, that was it. And now I get to call them every single day. My kids pray with me on the phone. Um, that's really all I have to say. But I do believe God profoundly used City Region, all of you guys, to touch me. And I'll forever be grateful for that, especially you. I love you. All right, now for our last uh, graduate for the day, we have Phil Kiefer, our men's home director and husband of Autumn. <laughs> Always. And, yes. And Johnny Mayhew. Come on up to the stage, guys. Johnny, uh, it is truly an honor and a pleasure to stand up here with you, man. Um, from the first day that I seen you when I picked you up at Cheetahs, I, I picked up a scared little child. And over the past nine months, I've watched you grow into a great man of God and overcome some of the, the hardest things that a man would have to overcome. Um, I watched you come out of a courtroom ready to leave the program and have your true God moment of where you looked at me and you said, I know that it's God that has me. I know he's got a reason for me, and I believe now that he's truly got a destiny for you, and that destiny is greatness. Fred talked about reputation, and for many years of life, he was known as Johnny Mayhem because of all the, the destruction and the, the mayhem that you caused out there in this world. And uh, you, get to, you get to walk out there with a new reputation now, and you get to start the, the true Johnny that God has always wanted. Um, the verse that I have for you comes out of Proverbs. Um, and it says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. The life that you lived was leading, leading you to death. And it was no fun. You may have thought it was fun at the time, but looking back on it now, you realize that it wasn't. The life that you live now is going to give you many years and it's going to be so satisfying. You're a walking testimony, and part of your testimony is, is in honor of Mother's Day here, that you're living proof that, that a mother's love and a mother's prayers can help save her child's life, which is what happened with you. I, I've talked to your mother many times. I remember her crying on the phone to me when you were sitting in a jail cell, 
and the, the things that she wanted for your life. And you fulfilled that today. You've given her the greatest Mother's Day gift that any son could ever give to his mother. And that's, that's to watch her son have freedom and restoration inside of his life, man. Um, it's truly my honor to give this certificate of completion to Johnny Mayhew on the 10th day of May 2020. Congratulations. Thank you. And also, you are the one. All right, so going through the home for nine months, I was trying to think of like what's probably the biggest thing I learned while being here. And I was thinking back there, and I just thought of patience. Because back in the day, if I would have came and tried to get my life straight like I had a couple of times, I'd have walked out on it in a couple of days. I didn't care about nothing. It was just what could I do today to get high? It didn't matter what happened tomorrow, and I, I had to completely change that coming in here. I thought nine months was going to take forever, but it kind of flew by. I've been around addiction a lot my whole life. My dad has always struggled with addiction. Him and my mom got divorced when I was about four years old, so I could only see him on the weekends, which made it weird for me. It made me like appreciate my dad that much more but our relationship was weird because he only had me on the weekends he didn't really parent me I was just allowed to do whatever so by the time I was 16 I was completely just living over there all the time doing whatever he was like uh he was just pretty much like my best friend would let me get away with anything and I think uh a real big turning part in my story was the fourth of July I was 16 years old I told my dad I was going to a party that night, and he was like, sure, whatever. If anything happens, you can come home. So I go to the party. I check my phone, and my phone's blowed up. I didn't know what was going on. My mom's like, where are you at? I got to come get you. So she comes to get me, and she tells me that my dad died, which was probably the hardest thing I ever went through. I went back home that night to my dad's house just me and my friend, and started going through his medicine cabinet, got all his pills, and that's pretty much where everything started going downhill. I fell in love with the pills. I just kept doing them. I was good for a couple years, just doing them here and there. And eventually, they completely just grabbed a hold of my whole life. I was totaling cars, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, doing anything just to get my fix. Didn't care about nothing. And coming in here and you learn about God and all the good stuff he can do for you, looking back on everything I went through, I see where God was all the time. But when you're out ripping and running, you don't look at that and be like, well, there's God right there. But just all the cars I wrecked and the situations I got myself into and stuff like that, it's, it's really amazing to just be alive and be up here today. I just want to thank everybody for giving me the opportunity. I really want to thank my mom because, like Phil said, she did a lot for me to get me here. I know she always prays about me. And I just want to thank everybody that does anything for City Reach because it all means a lot to everybody that comes through here. And if I can change, anybody can change.
Johnny didn't run off. Whitney, Melissa, Melissa, come on up. Phil, Autumn, Kristen. Try to do this and uh, if we can't social distance, you guys okay with that? Yeah, you live together, right? Family. So, you know, I, you've heard four different stories. Uh, each one of these stories really ended up with the same result. We ended up in some form of addiction. But, you know, what I, what I noticed was is that it might have started with religion. It, it might have started with abuse. It might have started with being angry. It might have started with death of some sort. But uh, whatever started that, Jesus took care of all those things. So there's there's no uh, there's no situation there's no thing that can ever come in your life if it puts you in a place God can redeem that God can restore that Jesus has already taken care of it He's taken care of the death He's taken care of the anger He's taken care of the abuse uh, whatever it is and I just keep I just uh, I just think of the verse that says that. Uh, even though that God never, ever sends a bad thing into your life. If it's bad, it's from the devil. But that, that God, it says that, that all things work together for good. That God can take that mess, God can take that, that anger, that abuse, that hurt, that separation, whatever it is, and he can use it for good. It says that God uh, works all things together for good. To those that are called according to his purpose, to those that love him. And then it goes on. I like this. It says, and those that he foreknew. So God, you still have to respond to God on your own. But in his foreknowledge, he knew that you would choose him. But you had to choose it. You had to choose him. You had to choose to receive the thing that he's provided for you. It says, those that he foreknew, he predestined. Now, he didn't predestine you to get saved because I don't believe God picks and chooses certain people to be saved. He knew you would. He knew you'd all receive the gift of salvation. It says that he predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. And that's what I see here today. I see something that was bad, that God used for good, and he's taken each one of you and molded you into an image of Jesus. In your own unique way, you're, you're all for an image of Jesus. And it speaks volumes. I just want you to know that I love each one of you. You mean uh, so much to Kristen and I. It's my honor to know you, to, uh, to be brothers and sisters in Christ together. I just want to pray for you and bless you and pray God's best for you. So come on over here. Guys, get in the front. Over here. Bill, come on back here. Father, we just uh, we lift up Melissa and Whitney and Alyssa and Johnny today. Father, I thank you for these lives that, that in eternity past, you knew that they would be here on this very day. You knew that there was a day in their life when, when they would say, enough is enough. And Jesus, I want what you have for me. You knew that they would receive that. And Father, I know that long before they even had a thought of you, you thought of them. You designed them for a purpose. 
You equipped them, and now they've chosen to walk out what you've created them to be. Father, we just stand against every attack of the enemy in their life right now. I just reject every spirit that would try to interfere with what God is doing. and We command those spirits to leave in the name of Jesus, that they're not welcome here. They have no authority here. And Father, we just ask by your Holy Spirit that you would fill them fresh, that you would just equip them with power and the authority that you've given them in Jesus to go forward, to, to be an influence, Lord. Lord, that you would give them platforms and places of influence to speak into, Lord, that we never would have. Father, I just ask that you use them for your glory. We just bless them. We love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.